Last time on HPH, we told you about the rise of Adolf Hitler. We told you all about his drifter lifestyle as a youth, his time in World War I, his failures as an artist, and the many strange coincidences that allowed his disaffected and anti-Semitic views to become the dominating force in Germany. In this episode, we're going to take a look at Hitler as a leader and his ultimate failure in World War II. Grab a drink and get ready for everyone's favorite downfall in this episode of 100 Proof History titled Adolf Hitler Part 2, A Mind-Blowing Conclusion. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts... Chris and Greg. Hitler, What's up, man? Not much. I'm excited. We're going to fucking kill him. We're going to do it. We're going to get Hitler. Woo! Oh, God, it's about time. Yeah, I did a line of coke in the bathroom a few minutes ago. I am feeling good. Let's fucking get him. Oh, you have a bathroom now. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's the kitchen sink, but I just did a line off of that little scrubber thing, like the sponge, did the rough side. And then... Oh, you have a sponge now. <laughs> yeah, man. Moving up in the world. Thank you, Patreon. Man, moving on up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Woo. I am excited for this one. I think this is going to be a really good episode. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fucking pumped. No, not like our normal episodes where, oh, this is going to suck. They're trash, like 90% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. I, I I'm ready to mock this asshole and and just glorify his death a little bit more than uh than someone probably should, like a good human would. I feel mm. like I feel like in World War II I would have been that guy who stood up in on the beaches of Normandy and said, I got a schnitzel for you right here, Hitler, and grabbed my crotch and then immediately gotten shot in the face and died, but it would have been worth say. it. <laughs> God, imagine all like the, you know, 12 year olds back home in the U.S. after the invasion of Normandy. Yeah. Where it's, hey, son, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that uh, your father, he died proudly serving his country. And, you know, it's like, man, he's a fucking hero, this and that. And then one of his buddies comes back home <laughs> in 1945 and he's like, yeah, you're, you're dead. I, I don't know. He dropped his, he dropped his in one Garand. Whipped his dick out, started waving it about. He just got shot in the fucking head like three times. He's instantly dead. His dick was still in his hand. You know? Oh. It's not the image that now 14-year-old had. Yeah. 15, now 15-year-old had. Fuck, I don't know. I can't math. He still used his uh, his dad's death to get chicks in the 50s when he's, you know, rockabilly in it. It's like, oh, yeah. My old man kicked it in the war. And like, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. It's just, it's too... Too sore, you know, too, just too He was rough. still doing it in, like, the early 80s. Yeah. You know, he's all fat and fucking out of work, <laughs> drinking schlitz at some cheap-ass VFW. There happens to be a woman walk in. She's a prostitute. Oh, okay, good, good. He thinks she's probably a prostitute, but he wants to entertain the idea that she's normal. You know, the girlfriend experience. Right. So then he's still trying to use that so many years later. Yo, my dad is a fucking war hero. <laughs> I can proudly say my dad never got me pussy. Mm. I don't know if my dad did or not. He's he's a good guy. You know, he might have pulled my girlfriends aside and said, you know, this guy's hung like a fucking mule. And then, <laughs> and then you know, 
once once they see what's actually down there, it's too late. It's go time. You know, engines launch or go and it's launch. And then they're like, oh, that fucking bastard lied to me just to get his son laid. Maybe that's what my uncle was doing. Because mm-hmm. he asked me to like, you know, show, show me what you're working with. Maybe he was trying to talk me up to the ladies. Yeah. When he wanted to see me yeah, naked. He wanted. Yeah. He's like, I need to know so I can tell other people. Oh, that, that makes more sense than what I was thinking. Anyway, Greg, today our source is the same source as it was last time. Hitler by Joachim Fest. Second half of the book, which is what we'll be talking about today, I felt was a lot better than the first half. Just, uh, you know, getting the war and shit. There's more variety in the second half. Yeah, there definitely is. That said, I like I liked the book. I did too. I enjoyed it. And uh, kind of the same thing we talked about in our very last part of Washington. Today, we're going to have a, a potentially long episode, but we're still... There's a lot of stuff we won't touch because it's full episodes. You know, we're not going to really die. We're going to mention the Holocaust, but we're not really going to dive into it too in depth. Uh, we've already covered Stalingrad and Barbarossa, so you guys can listen to those episodes. And like D-Day, all that stuff. We're going to leave those for their own episodes. This is all about Hitler today. Right. There are a lot of things, like you said, we're not going to touch. Uh, if only my uncle was the same way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, today, I'm mixing it up a little, Greg. I have a pineapple jalapeno margarita. Okay. <laughs> Why? Well, first of all, as we mentioned last time, Hitler was a self-proclaimed teetotaler. And I feel like the pineapple jalapeno margarita, even if he did drink, would be the last thing he would touch. Because he'd make it, think it makes him look effeminate. You know, kind of like... Uh, There's way too much joy in that glass you're Right, right. Second of all... It reminds me of one of my favorite uh, depictions of Hitler, and it's from the movie Little Nicky, uh, Adam Sandler movie from like the turn of the century. Vaguely remember it. Well, if for our listeners who don't remember it, Little Nicky's about the son of the devil comes to Earth to try and, you know, live a normal life, whatever. In that movie, Hitler, at 4 p.m. every day, gets a pineapple shoved up his ass. And so, <laughs> in honor of that, in honor of Hitler being in hell, I'm drinking a pineapple margarita. Okay. Gregory? Respectable. What are you having to drink today, sir? I'm having High West Campfire Mm. for this part of the story. Why is that? Well, you know, Hitler sent a lot of people to concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, he got his just desserts Mm. when he was burned like a campfire by the Russians. Nice. alert. Nice. You thought I was going somewhere else. I did. I was worried about it. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) No! Oh, I wouldn't do that. Here comes the Israelis. Here comes the fucking Mossad. Just sneak up behind you and stab you in the fucking no, butt. No, no, no. Fuck this guy. I'm glad that uh, he was unceremoniously fucking burnt to a crisp. Or was he? Thank you, Wolf Dick, our esteemed invalid producer. That's right. In his gimp suit and his one working hand. Stop looking at me. Sorry, he was, he heard his name. Shh. He's gonna, you gotta say it with kind of bated breath. That's true. A whisper about you. Yeah, he got a raging heart on thinking about all those animal crackers you're gonna feed him later. Well, Christopher, I'm not sure either one of us have ever seen a tighter ass than Hitler. You ready to fuck it? Yeah, Greg, let's fucking go. Well, guys, when we left you, it was 1933, and Hitler had become Chancellor of Germany and convinced the president to give him pretty much all the power to run the country. 
Over the next year or so, Hitler would use intimidation and violence to break up the opposing political parties, and in 1934, President Paul von Hindenburg died, and he went to that giant Zeppelin fire in the sky. Took the old stairway to heaven, Greg. Get it? Is this a double entendre? Double Zeppelin joke. Nailed Man. it. Man. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Well, the office of president was dissolved, and Hitler was officially the dictator of Germany. Over the next few years, Hitler continued to spout off hatred toward the Jews, and it was pretty well accepted because Europe, specifically Eastern Europe, was fairly anti-Semitic itself. And by fairly, you mean extremely. Oh, so fuck it. Everybody I mean, not like, let's gas them all extreme at this point, but pretty fucking out there by today's standards. And, you know, let our listeners know the U.S. was no exception to this. No. In the midst of Hitler's rise to power, a whole boatload of Jews came to America and we turned them away. Said, no, 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 thank you. Yeah. We were definitely not above... That part of it. No. The systematic killing? Yes. But just the discrimination? Definitely not. Yeah, we only do that to Native Americans. Come on. Come on. I mean, it wasn't like killing factories. Come on. <laughs> yeah. At least there was like territorial conquest involved. Yeah. Yeah, we took our not time. That yeah. I feel like I'm apologizing for that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not an apologist. But it's not putting people in death factories. That's true. Greg just cost us all of our Oklahoma casino sponsors. Thanks, Greg. Way to go. Fuck. Well, Hitler also began to speak more and more of his desire for Lebensraum, which was the idea that Germans need a whole lot more space to grow and thrive as a quote-unquote perfect Aryan race. And Lebensraum literally translated to living space for those that do not know. Yeah. well, just, Just room for expansion, basically. But his idea was that... The German people couldn't grow as a population unless they had the room to do so, which was just this big convoluted way to, all right, we're going to take fucking territory. Right, right. And don't get it mixed up like I did back when we were doing uh, Operation Barbarossa. It has nothing to do with labias, you know, decorating the walls of a room. I was very confused by that. Oh, God, I forgot. (laughs) I still don't remember it. It sounds vaguely familiar. Well, maybe, Greg, you should go back and listen to our episode on Operation Barbarossa. Why would I ever do that? (laughs) I know. You only listen to good podcasts. I mean, even good podcasts, which this one is not. (laughs) I'll listen to an episode once. Why would I ever listen to it again? That's true. Fair enough. No way, mister. No way. In 1933, Germany left the League of Nations, which would be the failed predecessor to the United Nations, but it had the cooler name, I'm going to say. Reminds me of, like, the Justice League. Just picturing fat-ass Winston Churchill in a Batman suit. Uh, You would think, you know, Woodrow Wilson's the guy (laughs) who put it together. You would think he'd be Superman or something, but no, it's Woodrow Wilson. It's probably, like, fucking Aquaman. And Hitler's just like, we're fucking leaving. And Aquaman's, well, let's see what the dolphins have to say about this shit. (laughs) (laughs) What, you hate the Jews, too? Oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> Failed predecessor to the United Nations. Which is the doing, highly successful doing United great. Nations. <laughs> Just doing great. Huh. You know, the United Nations who sees like genocide and go, hey, stop that. Yep, that's basically it. <laughs> it's like the summer road trip and you're driving down the road and the kids are back in the back seat and they're literally stabbing each other with fucking butcher knives and dad turns around and goes, 
knock it off back there. I'm trying to listen to this book on tape. Just keeps driving to Disney World. That's the UN. He's smoking a cigarette, but he won't roll the window down because of the aerodynamics. <laughs> right. Yeah. No! Saves Lose gas, gas mileage. <laughs> Was it uh, the League of Nations that had Esperanto? The yeah, they were trying to... World language. Yeah, they were trying to build their own tower of Babel, you know, where everybody fucking spoke a, a unified language. This whole thing was fucking stupid. Well, that doesn't make sense. The Tower of Babel, like, different languages existed because they tried to build... Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm the an Tower idiot. of Babel. Yeah, because yeah, Jesus is like, nah, yeah. So, <laughs> Sky God came down and was like, no, now you all speak different languages. Yeah. Like, yeah. we already got now the blueprints, can't... God. We're going to continue with them. <laughs> you can't build a tower now, idiots. You can't even talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's never picked up a day laborer from Home Depot. You know, like, 50 bucks, <laughs> build me a porch. <laughs> Jeez. Fence, a key, por favor. See, <laughs> see, si, si. and you hand him a pack of Corona and $50, and it's built in a day. It's 50 dinero. God damn it. <laughs> Honey, he doesn't understand me. <laughs> he can't build it's a fence. It's his fault, not mine. <laughs> well, the same year they left the League of Nations, Hitler also decided to take a big old steam and chisa on the Treaty of Versailles. He reinstated universal military service and increased his standing army to 550,000 men. He ordered the construction of a new air force, Luftwaffe. Nope. I'm sorry. Luftwaffe. Thank you. You're welcome. And he began to build more ships for his Kriegsmarine Navy. Did I get that one? Did I nail that one? Yes, it's not Navy. <laughs> well, it fucking should be. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend like that's how Hitler talked. There's his baby All boy. the V's or W's. <laughs> yes. And the W's or V's. I thought to build my Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Baby talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that's not true. Well, Britain, France, and Italy all said, What the fuck are you doing? Which Hitler replied with, Whatever the fuck I want! Uh, Britain, France, and Italy basically were appeased by this answer and let him build up his armed forces. They're like, uh, That makes sense. <laughs> calm down, Hitler. <laughs> calm, calm down. <laughs> he, got so, he got so angry, he yelled at me. Hitler then convinced England that France was up to something fishy. Because that's how they smell. And he signed a pact with the Brits that allowed the Germans to have 35 ships for every hundred that the English had. Hitler called it the quote-unquote... The happiest day of my life! <laughs> he sounds so happy. To be fair, Hitler does get married in the story. But that's, that's probably not the happiest day of his life. Oh. Whoa. No. We'll, we'll get to why, you know. <laughs> It's not because he forgot to sign a prenup and he knew she was going to take him for everything he was worth, like, you know, my first wife. Is it the happiest day of any of our lives? Let's be honest. <laughs> Is it true. not synonymous with Hitler's marital day? Isn't that how we all internalize the day we get married? We also kill ourselves. Oh, like metaphorically? Yes. Okay, because I was going to say, you know, based on the way my marriage has gone so far, that maybe I should have done what Hitler did, too. Like, <laughs> I do, and then just raise the revolver. There's a difference between killing yourself and getting the William Wallace treatment. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Oh, if only. Back home in Germany, Hitler and his cabinet launch a massive modernization program to build up the infrastructure. 
More specifically, Hitler and the closest thing he ever had to a friend, an architect named Albert Speer, began to redesign and rebuild Berlin. It was designed to be modern and sleek, while still retaining a somewhat Roman aesthetic, and once it was draped in giant swastika banners, it looked like some movie villain shit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what was that old Apple commercial where she... 1984. Yeah, I was all confused by. Everybody's like, what the fuck is this horse shit? The one with the she, big hammer? Yeah. Yeah, the screen. Bro. Yeah. George Orwell. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're stupid. We're Americans. We're like, what the... F- oh, look at that. Let's What's buy an IBM computer. shit? I know what the fuck yeah. it is. I knew what it was before you even described it. Well, okay, Because it was like the I'm, famous Apple commercial. I'm a stupid American. Yeah, continue. I'm not defending you. <laughs> and to our 14-year-old listeners, the famous Apple commercial is the dancing silhouettes listening to fucking Franz Ferdinand, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one probably was more famous. <laughs> Forgot about that. In March of 1936, Hitler decided it was time to send troops into the Rhineland. This strip of land, which bordered Belgium, Luxembourg, and France, had been made a demilitarized zone following Germany's defeat in World War I. Well, this move into the Rhineland was a complete and total bluff by Hitler. His army was still small, and he only sent in 3,000 troops, and he knew the French had 200 fucking divisions ready to respond. But Hitler said, Hey bros, this land is super shitty! It is a flood plain and covered in trailer parks and dollar generals and these schools suck ass. And after hearing that, the French said, okay, okay, you can have it. It's cool. It's cool. Stop yelling at me, please. Please, please stop being so mean to me. In reality, he promised not to expand any further and everyone was cool with that because they didn't want another war. And this would be a theme going forward and we have a couple more examples coming up where Hitler would just fucking scream at the top of his lungs, threaten stuff, and everyone would fucking cave to his every demand. He was basically the first Karen. <laughs> Just inside Walmart is like, you will take this back without a receipt, or I will take back the Rhineland with fucking force. <laughs> I'll unschluss this entire fucking world. <laughs> My tanks are outside this fucking Walmart, and they'll come back in here if you don't give me a refund of these Depends. I can't even wear them anymore. <laughs> Ma'am, that's because you shit in them. (laughs) Number one, I am not a man! (laughs) Well, they didn't hold all my shit, so obviously they're defective, okay? (laughs) I only had them on for two days. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It couldn't handle two days' worth of shit. Yeah. Give me my money back. Am I living in Soviet fucking Russia right now? I don't think so. This is the kind of thing our troops fight and die for. My right to have a shit-filled diaper that works. But ma'am, you would have to take off the diaper and that you're wearing it. Well, yeah, I know. I was going to use store credit to buy some shorts. So, (laughs) just get your manager to approve it now. You work for me. You remove this fucking diaper and put it back on the shelf. I don't do this shit. (laughs) I pay your paycheck personally. Okay, sure you do. Oh, shout out to all our retail worker listeners and the hell you go through. It's just as bad as dealing with Hitler. Worse, even. Yep. Well, that same summer, Berlin hosted the Olympics. Even though everyone in the world knew Hitler hated the Jews, he went to great lengths to hide that in the weeks leading up to and during the games. 
It kind of reminds me, Greg, of like when the Olympics come to the United States, summer or winter, mm-hmm. and we herd all the homeless out of those cities to make it look like there's no problems. Ooh, come to my city. Come to my city, please, Olympics. <laughs> I need to send the Olympics like an appeal video. Please. <laughs> like each individual so- nation like applies for it, but it'll also be like, uh, some asshole named Greg also has uh, an application. <laughs> the IOC. Please come to my city. <laughs> they actually do approve your city. And there's this like guy standing on the corner holding his homeless vet sign up, even though he's too old or too young to actually have served in any war. Like he's caught in that middle ground where he like maybe he was in Grenada <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> And you show up with this little red armband, but it's got the Olympic rings on the side. You're like, come with me. I have a special place for you. Get in the van. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Do you mean the WAN? No, I mean the van. <laughs> I do not pronounce W's. It's a Volkswagen. <laughs> well, once they were at the games, a marathon runner gave Hitler and Olive Branches a sign of love and peace. And several of the other teams gave Hitler the old Heil Hitler Nazi salute, including the French, who would later say, No, no, that was the Olympic salute, guys. That's my French. I nailed it. Wow. You're welcome, America. <laughs> He's fucking Laura Ingram and the whole thing. Like, oh, it's pointing at people in the crowd. Like, hey, guy. <laughs> the lights were in my eyes. I was just going to shield them as I went around. This is just how I wave. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (sighs) Nothing is real anymore. Nope. Well, in Germany, if you weren't a Jew or a political dissident, things were actually going pretty great. The economy was growing. The country had been fairly modernized. For Hitler, though, this was just the first news. There you go. I did it for you. (laughs) Hitler was a crisis leader who thrived on blaming people for the country's woes. So if the country was doing great... He could only resort to blaming the Jews and communists for, you know, minor problems like traffic jams or that awkward moment when someone opens a door for you, but they're still kind of far away. So you have to decide if you want to run or not. So you do this like half-assed two steps of jogging towards the door. You're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. thanks." I make eye contact with them, slowly pull out my phone and then pretend to have a phone call and walk the opposite (laughs) way. How dare you try to fucking be nice to me? You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and the door-holding thing is the strangest social contract we might have. Because, you know, someone does it and you say thank you, but if they don't do it, they're a jackass, right? Like, it's expected of them to do it, but at the same time, if they don't do it, it's kind of like the least amount of decency you can show another human is holding a door for them, and you feel obligated like you fucking have to, because if you don't, you're a dickhead. But the other person still feels obligated to say thank you for some reason. It's just this weird fucking thing we've we've created. You know what my answer to this problem is? What's that? Is instead of holding the door, because they're way back there, you know? But sometimes mm-hmm. you'll go through a door and you just kind of like, you don't let it shut behind you. You kind of push it open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As you're going yeah. through. I like to do it to where they're far enough away to where you push it. And so it's like, oh, okay, he did something. I can't blame him. But. I like to do it on purpose to where it's actually, <laughs> they have to fight the momentum of the door because it's already closing to open it. 
so it makes it harder on them. And they always run to grab it every time. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> They're like, oh shit, he did something nice. I got to reciprocate. I got to accept that gesture and run up to fucking grab the door before it closes. Whew. And they're all sweating and breathing hard. Like, thank you. And you're like, you're welcome. <laughs> I never turn around to see what happens. I just know that I have inconvenienced them. And that's what makes me smile as I walk away. See, that's why we work as host and I'm co-host, obviously. Uh, that's why we work because I'm the exact opposite you know, they say opposites attract, where I'm like, if I'm going out the door and I see someone 40 feet away and I don't hold the door for them and it closes, I'm like, oh God, they fucking hate me. They fucking hate me. <laughs> if they confront me, I'm going to apologize immediately. I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't see you guy. I totally saw him though. He's going to know I'm fucking lying. Oh God, oh God, please, please love me stranger. You try to push the door like open behind you as you walk through it. They're, you know, 20 feet away. By the time they actually get to the door, which is now closed. They open it, and you're just on the other end, like, sobbing, fetal, fetal <laughs> position. Your pants are at your ankles, and you're just punching yourself in the dick. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? And I'm right by the drink coolers, and someone else walks up, and like, excuse me, like, oh, God, they added to it. No, I'm sorry. Just, just double punching your balls. <laughs> Sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave this diamond shamrock, please. <laughs> <laughs> end up calling the cops to drag me out of there and hospitalize me because I've had a nervous fucking breakdown. Just jump off the overpass that the gas station's right next to. Can't take it. I just, I just wanted a fucking Slim Jim. This is how my day went. <laughs> they call my wife and she's not the least bit surprised. She's like, eh, again, fucking again. <laughs> Did he survive this time? Yeah. <sighs> I'll be there. I don't know tomorrow. <laughs> my wife would tell him like well i'm on a date right now so can it wait <laughs> yeah. my wife would be like uh i just sat down to dinner eating this you know fucking tv dinner i got it pulled out of our toilet slash freezer and is is he gonna live well he's an icu i don't know we don't know well just fucking call me if you need somebody to pull the plug please. he's always an icu why don't you call me when he's in icu die <laughs> anyway well since everything was going great and hitler needed a crisis he decided it was time to try and pick a fight with someone in november of 1937 he revealed he would soon want to take austria and czechoslovakia and then launch an attack into eastern europe and soviet russia to take his precious precious living room nice living space with the the chaise lounge you know, corner couch thing, whatever they call that thing. Sectional. Oh, so great. That's that's a chaise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing with the mount. I don't know, Greg. My living room is also my bedroom. Chaise lounge is like its own thing. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. a chaise is attached to a sectional. Okay. I've learned something today. Thank you, Greg. Well, in early 1938, Hitler announced his plan to move on Austria, which prompted two of his top generals, Werner von Blumberg and Werner von Fritz, to call him a goddamn idiot. They were uh, best friends, because their names were the same, like George and George. Ooh, I am also Werner von. <laughs> You're Werner von. I'm Werner turned von. <laughs> Get it? Let's touch penises. Those Vonavons always find a way to make it up to those Alp mountains. <laughs> <laughs> 
who Hitler listened politely to their advice, and then he screamed and yelled at them and threw one of his patented Hitler hissy fits. Trademark pending. I don't think he's ever going to get that trademark. Not surprisingly, it was soon discovered that Bloomberg had married an ex-prostitute and Fritz may have been a homosexual. I feel like they're a combination of me. <laughs> Shout out to Greg's prostitute wife. All right. <laughs> oh. Well, those two resigned in shame and another 72 generals would be either demoted or transferred and everyone was replaced with a bunch of dudes who just refused to tell Hitler no. Does these pants make me look fat? Nine. Nine, mein Führer. <laughs> makes that ass look fat with a PH. Hi. <laughs> Heil. Heil fives. This does not make sense in our language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes, you're right, mein Führer. Once again, <laughs> you are correct. As per usual. <laughs> you are a piece of shit. And you eat shit for breakfast, and you eat shit for dinner, and then you shit out your shit, and you eat your shit for dessert. Yes, my you, got, you got me again. <laughs> you already have my number, Hitler. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't the same way with my boss. <laughs> or you, for that matter, main host Greg. How dare you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to imply anything negative about you. You're right again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please. I am <laughs> much worse. Much <laughs> worse. In Austria, members of the Nazi party were told to raise hell. Meanwhile, Hitler had the German media spread false stories of German oppression within Austria. That March, the Chancellor of Austria, Kurt von Schuschnigg, he came to Hitler's home in Berchtesgaden to talk diplomacy. <laughs> Well, once Shushnik arrived, Hitler said, Hello, shook his hand, and then shouted, Who the fuck do you think you are? The tirade lasted an hour, at which point Shushnik said he couldn't just, you know, give up his fucking country. Hitler threw him out on his ass. On the ride back to Salzburg, Hitler's aide told Shushnik that the next time he met with Hitler, it would be a much more pleasant affair. Unfortunately for Shushnik, the next time he met Hitler... The former Austrian chancellor was on his way to the concentration camp in Dachau. You know, much more pleasant. Well, a month after that diplomatic meeting, the Austrian annexation known as the Anschluss was complete. Hitler had threatened force to take the country, and the Austrians had relented. And actually, a great deal of the Austrians were all for it. And we went over this a little bit in our uh, Castle Itza series. We are talking about the Anschluss and all that stuff. So if you guys want to hear that, go subscribe to the Patreon. It's episodes seven and eight, I believe. Sound right? I'm sure. Who knows? No, eh, six and seven. I think six and seven, but yeah. Yeah. What do I know? <laughs> well, the Austrians who were against the Anschluss were promptly jailed or massacred by the 40,000 members of the SS that marched into the country. Hitler's next target was the Sudetenland in Czechoslovakia. This time he actually had a huge fucking war boner and he even suggested creating a false flag assassination of a German ambassador to justify the attack. Well, as Hitler moved his forces to the Czech border, England and France once again got all nervous and shifty and like, oh, please don't, please don't, Hitler. What are you doing? They all turned Irish. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I happened. like your charms. No. 
I thought they were lucky. No, I'm in the oh. concentration camp. I can't do it. <laughs> what the hell happened to that Irish accent? I don't know. <laughs> you turned into Borat. I was loose to Irish. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> Hey, it's a me. I'm from Ireland. <laughs> British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain met with Hitler to discuss a peaceful solution. Eventually, French Prime Minister Edouard de Lardier got involved and they straight up gave Hitler the Sudetenland. Just fucking handed it over. Fine, fine. Here are my keys to the Porsche. Just leave the party. <sighs> yeah, it's like... Every time you leave your house when the, your wife's boyfriend's over, like, you know what's going to happen. You know. Like, uh, it, it's fine. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go out square dancing anyway. You guys have fun. What do you mean? Well, you, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, they just, they play board games, but they don't prefer me to be at the house. Yes. You're right. Yes. That's, yep. You're absolutely right. Yep. So I usually leave and go camping by myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Listen to some Garth Brooks. Thunder rolls and lightning strikes. Dun, dun, dun. Like, oh, yeah, Another Sydney love Garth. grows cold. Uh, wait a second. <laughs> hmm. I have some things to think about. Chris, continue, please. And you rush back, like speed back in the middle of the night. And right as you bust the door, they're sitting there like their shirts are off. And they're real sweaty and panting, but they're they're by the Monopoly board, and it looks like they've been playing for a while because everything's just scattered all it's over the table. Money everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's some covering your wife's boobs. Why, like, you know. <laughs> wife? Why are there fucking five hundreds in your thong? <laughs> it's not that hot in here. Why are you just in your thong? You know how Monopoly it just gets heated. It just gets real fucking heated. Tassels? Where'd those come from? <laughs> Magnums? These aren't mine. <laughs> Why does it say it has... It says you've won second place in a beauty contest, but it's scratched out, and it says you've won first place in the booty contest? That's weird. Why did you guys make that change? I don't understand. <laughs> Why does the chance card say, take a chance, leave your husband? (laughs) She shoved all of the community chess cards into her bra. (laughs) Community parking card is just taped above her asshole. She's got a ball gag in her mouth, and her boyfriend is like, she has to roll doubles to get out of that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I go camping for 15 minutes. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Didn't even build my fucking tent. (laughs) (laughs) But I see you've pitched one. Well, a few months after they gave up the Sudetenland, Hitler would actually take control of the entirety of Czechoslovakia in a bloodless coup. Now, you're probably asking why England and France would go a complete fucking beta cuckold and continue to let Hitler have whatever the fuck he wanted. Well, the answer was they were a bunch of rich Western capitalist powers 
and they were pants-shittingly terrified of the communists in Soviet Russia. Uh, sure, you know, Hitler's a dick, and he wanted to eradicate an entire race of people or whatever, but his country was a buffer between Western Europe and the Soviets. Meanwhile, Hitler had gotten everything he'd asked for in the Rhineland, Austria, and now Czechoslovakia, but he was fucking depressed. He believed that war and a victory was the true destiny of Germany, and no one would give him a fucking fight. So he decided it was time to go and start one on his own. Here I go again on my own. It was 1939, and the country of Poland was the meat in a shit sandwich. The Polish sausage. Just shoved up in that shit sandwich. Well, Hitler wanted his Lebensraum, and he wanted to take it from the Soviets. To do that, he actually needed to share a border with the Soviet Union, and Poland sure did look ripe for the fucking. Germany called up the Poles and said, Hey, give us a city of Danzig. Let us build a highway and some railways through your country, and maybe build up forces on your border, and we'll be totally cool, yeah? They were really big into Danzig, who sang that song, I don't remember the name. Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. Mother, Motherland, do you want to take the Soviet land? <laughs> Motherland. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And that's uh, very apropos with Danzig. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris. I did it. Did it again. Once the Soviets found out Germany wanted to do that, their offer to Poland was a much more simple, Join us, or we will crush you and squat over your grave in our Adidas tracksuits. Poland looked at his options, and then they said, You know what? Let's just beg England for help. The English agreed to protect the Poles because Neville Chamberlain just said fucking yes to everything. Hey, Neville. Neville, can I have your lunch? Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to eat it anyway. <laughs> Don't beat me up, please. Don't pull my underwear up again. What do you call that? A wedgie. Oh my, that's hilarious. Please. That's hilarious. But it's only funny the first time. Please, just <laughs> from now on, if, if you don't mind. He's that little wiener kid in uh, About a Boy from 2000. Everyone's seen that movie with Hugh Grant. Right, I have guys? not seen that movie. <laughs> okay, just just me, once again, all alone, because I'm so old and stupid. Well, the agreement between Poland and England put Hitler in a tough spot, because he wanted to avoid war with England more than anything, and he wanted to kill the shit out of as many commies as he could. But god damn it, he was war horny, and he wanted to fuck some shit up. So he signed a pact of non-aggression with the Soviet Union, and they agreed they could do the old Eiffel Tower high five while they double teamed all of Eastern Europe, especially the Polacks. The funny thing is, England was once again prepared to give baby Hitler his binky and let him have everything he demanded from Poland anyway. But Hitler was done talking. On September 1st, 1939, Hitler and Germany invaded Poland and kicked off the super fun times that would be World War II. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so heavy already. I know, and it's it's about to get a lot more, uh, I guess, dark and violent and just uh, awful. Awful for everybody. Well, that doesn't sound very pleasant. 
You know what would make it more fun, Greg? If you and me were drunk as a fucking skunk when we were talking about all these horrible things. Oh, I can't wait. I need it. Because otherwise it would just be too painful, you know? I just, uh, it's like, it's like medicine. Like, I, I, I have to do this. <laughs> I was going to say, I need it to function, you know? That's what I told my psychologist, my doctor, my parents, my wife. My extended family, you know, that's what I tell them. Like, I, I basically have to do this. You know, like when we had Thanksgiving last year and I poured all that whiskey inside the, the turkey and then chugged it out of its butt. <laughs> but everybody was mad because it made the turkey taste like whiskey. You know, what the fuck's wrong with y'all? What do you mean me? And they're like, you have to throw up on your tank top. <laughs> fuck you, family. Fuck you. My tank top has a cornucopia picture on it. I love the holidays. Fuck you. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't appreciate it. So no, I I completely understand. I remember I was at your intervention. I was the one that cracked open the truly and in, in the second half of it uh-huh. and started singing. Okay, so so that was me. <laughs> I was that guy. <laughs> oh, this thing's really a drag. <laughs> well. Let's get a drink and come back. What do you say? You know what? I think that sounds like a good idea. All right. Welcome back from break. Greg, do you know what time it is? What do you mean? Wolf Dick, this is your cue. Hit it. Second half salsa. Second half salsa. Second half salsa. Oh, yes. I knew I was being coy. (laughs) Today, Greg, I'm having a white claw. And it is a pineapple white claw, which keeps on theme with the other pineapple drink I was having. Also, real fun fact, the word seltzer is Germanic in origin. It's named after a medicinal mineral water from Niederseltzer in Germany. And I know after that first half, I Niederseltzer. You know, I'm like, <laughs> hey, oh, hey, oh, yeah, woo, that's what they come for right there. Yeah. Gave it to him. <laughs> Gave it to him real hard. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, getting back to old Hitler, Poland fell super easy. They were no match for Germany's mechanization and blitzkrieg tactics, as evidenced by the battle in which they sent dudes on horses to attack a fucking tank division. Like, this is fucking dumb. It was extra dumb because they tried this shit in World War One, and it didn't fucking work. And now it's like, eh, let's, let's see what happens. You know, let's throw, throw them at him. I'm beginning to think that Jesus hates horses, and he just wants as many of them to die as possible. That's what history has taught me. Britain and France spent the next two days pacing back and forth, saying, Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. What do we do? What do we do? (laughs) Before finally declaring war on Germany on September 3rd. Hitler was surprised by this move because the Western powers up to this point had been kissing his ass, and also because his foreign minister, Joachim von Ribbentrop, had told him that they wouldn't do shit. Dismayed, Hitler turned to von Ribbentrop and only said, what now? <laughs> Sad Hitler. They're gone. I like this this image of Hitler. Like it's, you, you ever see like 
the moods of a puppy dog and like one of them's like happy and one's sad, depressed, suicidal, and it's all the same like panting, like happy face. That's that's Hitler in this, where he's just like screaming mad, like euphoric, <laughs> orgasmic, suicidal. It's like ah! It doesn't matter. It's all the same tone. <laughs> the battles would be mostly put on hold until the next spring. But meanwhile, the Germans, especially the Einsatzgruppen, would begin the massacre of ethnic Poles and Jews. Some were sent to concentration camps and work camps, but at this point, most were taken to the woods and mowed down by machine gun fire. Just like when Germany took the Rhineland, at this point of World War II, the French could have done massive damage to the Nazi war effort if they had attacked from the west while the majority of the German forces were fucking around in Poland. But French leadership was heavily divided and wanted to focus on building up their defenses. And we talked about this during our It's a Series, but that's fucking infuriating. Knowing what Hitler did and knowing how long this war rages, if they just said, all right, you're attacking Poland, we're going to attack you from the west, we're going to overwhelm you, and, you know, we're going to take half of fucking Germany before you can respond, this war ends a whole lot sooner, and they're just like, oh, 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 let's just stay here. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing, man. World War II, it happened because of World War I in, in many different ways. So all of the sanctions imposed by the Treaty of Versailles on Germany got them to want this war, basically. Right. You know, it yeah. benefited them to disregard basically all those sanctions. For everyone else, they were still war-scarred, but they were yeah. on the victorious side. Germany had something to prove. The other sides did not, but they were still scarred by that warfare, and so they wanted to do anything and everything they could to avoid war. Yeah, and I think they fell into the trap of thinking that their enemy thought like they did, we're like, surely he doesn't want right. another There was that conflict. war fatigue. Right. And, but it is interesting. There's a lot of opportunities for the, the Allied forces to avoid this war or to escalate it earlier. Yeah, way earlier. You know, Hitler's getting everything he wants. He's demanding all this shit. And they're like, here, just take it. Just take it. Just protect us from the Soviets. And it gives that thought exercise. Okay, they say no. And they fuck up Hitler. Or Hitler goes to war and they lose. What happens then with Soviet Russia? Do they push westward into the you know continental european or to the western powers and that becomes world war ii kind of like that uh command and conquer red alert where einstein goes back and kills hitler and then all of a sudden well the biggest problem is the soviets yeah it's just that weird what if thing well in may of 1940 france would pay dearly for their unwillingness to fight hitler and the nazis launched an offensive through belgium and into france The bulk of his forces, specifically his armored divisions, went through the Ardennes Forest, which the French believed to be too dense and rough to pass through. They were completely surprised when the Germans outflanked them and began to systematically wipe out their defenses. And this is the whole Maginot Line thing. Yeah. It did not work. No, but it looked cool. It did look pretty cool. Kind of like my dick when I draw lasers and lightning bolts on the side of it. It doesn't work, but it, it looks cool. Never tried that. Put sequins on the tip because nothing's coming out of there. So it doesn't matter. It's blocked up. It's just for show. Oh, boy. The ladies don't like it when you, you touch them with sequins, I've found. Well, actually, you know what? I've found the ladies just don't like it when you touch them in general. But that's my <laughs> personal experience. Well, the French began to flee and defect from their own army. The English army wasn't able to put up much resistance itself and had to flee France at the port of Dunkirk. It was here at Dunkirk that Hitler made his first of many, many 
many mistakes. Prior to the evacuation, he had forced his armored divisions to stop for two days because he just, you know, kind of arbitrarily believed they were going too fast. This shit is working way too well. Something <laughs> bad. I don't know. It's just the, the complete fucking pessimist is like, okay, my day is going great. Eventually, Bird's going to shit on me as I'm walking outside. I just know it, okay? Yes. Well, then Hitler relied solely on the Luftwaffe, the Air Force, to stop the English from escaping. The English were, of course, able to return back to their mainland and regroup. Still, in less than two months after launching his offensive, Hitler had defeated France and had a puppet government installed. In all reality, Hitler was an outstanding politician and a garbage commander-in-chief. Between his victory in Poland and his 1940 spring offensive, he had to be told 29 different times that attacking during the winter was a bad idea. He would just shrug and say, well, the weather will be bad for them too, dummies. <laughs> I love this because it reminds me we've we've referenced it now at least twice. Uh, family Guy joke, but they're talking about like Rocky, like eight or whatever. Rocky goes to Mars, and Adrian's lying in bed next to him. She's like, "You can't fight on Mars. There's no air." And he's like, "Well, there'll be no air for them either." <laughs> you know, it's like, God damn it! <laughs> I do not remember that. <laughs> Well, Hitler repeatedly refused to switch his country to a production-based wartime economy because he believed that victory would be easy. It got so bad that in 1940, one of his men went to the state secretary to ask if they could hire a goddamn fortune teller to try and talk sense into Hitler, and his worst mistakes were yet to come. Having beaten France, Hitler attempted to make peace with England. Unfortunately for him, Neville Chamberlain had been ousted and replaced by Winston Churchill, who told him that he would shove his piece right up Hitler's fucking bum hole. <laughs> we do need to do a show on Churchill, because this dude was warmonger 100%. I'm down to do Just it. Just wanted to fuck some shit up. Hitler had never wanted war with England, but now he couldn't get out of it. So he turned his attention to the East and the Soviets, because that makes sense. Yeah, why not? I can't win on this side. Let's go see if I can win on that side. It's kind of like how I approach my sex life. <laughs> Hey, boys. Wife's telling me no. Let's hit up that trucker stop and you know, let's just see what happens. <laughs> what are you finally mustachioed men doing tonight? Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> me? Oh, say it so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to act all coy and like it's my first time. But boys, I've been on this horse, this rodeo, <laughs> lots of times, let me tell you. I'm going to have to go back to that way station after all the loads you boys are about to put in me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Trucker joke, baby. I'm, I, I'm no longer street legal. You guys put so much in me. <laughs> I don't have enough axles to be carrying this many loads. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> now, if you want to hear the entire hilarious debacle that was Hitler's Soviet offensive, or at least the big part of it, you need to go back and listen to episodes 23 and 24, focusing on Operation... Operation. Operation... Operation Barbarossa. <laughs> Operation Barbarossa and the Battle of Stalingrad. These offensives of 1941 and 1942 were massive losses that were highlighted by Hitler refusing to listen to his generals and coming up with his own plans that were downright idiotic. In fact... The basic idea of the attack was fucking stupid. His generals optimistically told him he could probably take the major cities 
but it would be almost impossible to get the Soviets to surrender. You know, and Hitler, being Hitler, said, Don't worry, bro, the surrender. I have a gut feeling. <laughs> and it's it's getting back to like we said last episode where he'd buy a lottery ticket and he'd already start designing his fucking house and telling everyone what he was going to buy. <laughs> and it's like, what, but you haven't won and it doesn't make sense that you're going to win. The odds are, no, listen, you fucking idiot. I cannot <laughs> believe you fucking doubt me. While that failed attack was going on, two other very major things happened. First, the Nazis intensified their genocide. They massacred... That rhymed, March. Sorry. Going to intensify... Sounds like a Rage Against the Machine lyric. I'm sorry, continue. Intensify their genocide! <laughs> distortion pedal! Distortion pedal! Distortion pedal! Oh, dude, Tom Morello's got so many pedals, that's why it's all... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> they massacred Soviet citizens as they advanced towards Moscow, believing them to be Untermenschen, subhuman translation. Subdudes. Subdudes. <laughs> Hashtag subdudes. <laughs> they also began moving Jews from the ghettos and work camps to the death camps where they began to murder them systematically. Keep laughing, Chris. Weren't you in the middle of laughter? <laughs> God, don't make me laugh now. God damn it, Craig. No, no. Don't you do that to me. Hitler was not personally involved in the design of the final solution, but he sure as hell didn't oppose the idea and 100% knew about it. Yeah, I, I get the feeling we talk about this during our Into series again to reference that where they were trying to hedge their bets. I kind of get the feeling Hitler was like, yeah, let's fucking do it, but don't put my name on it because if it goes bad, I'd be like, I didn't know. I'm just the Supreme <laughs> Chancellor. I had no idea what these guys are doing. I think it's crazy. You know, a lot of people, um, Holocaust deniers, which, I mean, they're already fucking idiots. So yes. they don't really deserve the time. But for people on the fence about that shit, because they hear the rhetoric of those type of people. Like I watched a Vice episode today, you know, that channel Vice. Yeah. It was basically about white supremacists, and it goes to this family. They're big American neo-Nazis, and they straight up don't believe the Holocaust ever happened. Even though they want, like, everybody eradicated, they just don't think anybody was. Right. Anyway, they all idolize Hitler, and mm -hmm. this dude is quoted on so many occasions from multiple sources. He's written about it, like, about how he enjoyed what was happening. Yes. It, that it was a means to an end. It wasn't something harmful, like, it, it wasn't even, like, a decision he had to make that was, that was like, bad. Yeah, yeah, no, he didn't, yeah, it wasn't a second thought for him. Yeah. He's proud of it, like, that's, this is what you have to have in order to get that state of reality. It's, like... It's what he's been talking for 20-plus years, you know? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. When we do, we will do an episode on the Holocaust as soon as we figure out a, a human way interject dick jokes into the Holocaust. We will make that happen for you guys. Um, but and we'll get into Holocaust denial. I actually encountered my first denial in the wild. I mean, it was on Reddit. It wasn't a person-to-person -person thing, but it's on Reddit. And they do exactly what all conspiracy theorists do. They take one little thing that they think is inconsistent, and they make that their argument. And then when you explain that, they move the goalposts and find another little thing. They think, well, this doesn't make sense. It's like, no, dude, that makes sense because X, Y, Z. And he keeps going down the list. when. In reality, and we've talked about this before, 
The Germans were excellent record keepers, and they kept records of everyone they fucking killed during this period yeah. and everything they did during this period. They were so systematic. Like, they were like, this is who we experimented on, this is who we dissected or vivisected, and this is who we sent to the camp because, or to the gas chambers because as soon as they arrived, we determined they couldn't work. And that's, that's the crazy part. Mm -hmm. The people that say there's too much fucking evidence, that makes it not true. And Shut one of the, the things up. that deniers will say was, oh, the claims are greatly exaggerated. Well, one thing I did learn from this book is that the exaggeration claims were from the German people responsible for it. Right. Like, they yeah. were proud of it and were exaggerating it. That's why the number is like at bare minimum five plus million. Right. Yeah. And why it goes up to 11 million, because they think a lot of the claims from these people running these camps were exaggerated. The people involved in the camps about how many people per day you know we're being processed that's where the exaggeration comes from it, it's not from from some fucking conspiracy or anything like that it's these yeah. people that were proud of this shit and they did it at the fucking nuremberg trials this isn't just some secondhand stuff these are people sitting on the stand being tried for genocide that are yeah. proud of this shit proud of what they did yeah exactly exaggerating and, yeah. oh if you're a holocaust denier just Take two steps back and fuck your own ass. I, I'm fucking... I don't want to deal with you. Greed. Not that there's anything wrong with fucking your own ass, Greg. Continue. I wish I could. <laughs> so again, while the failed attack was going on, the other major event came on December 7th, 1941, when the Japanese launched a surprise attack on the United States at Pearl Harbor. Hitler had hoped that the Japanese would attack the Soviets from the southeast and aid his offensive... But he was so sure he'd defeat the Russians that he didn't care too much and was actually impressed by Japan's moxie. Of course, this also meant that the United States had been drawn into the war, which was another thing he had feared. Yeah, and this was actually a surprise that he was, for me at least, that he was impressed by Japan. He's like, okay, fucking way to go. You know, like, does the slow clap for him. I, I thought he would have been like, what the fuck are you guys doing? But no, he, was, he thought that was pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. He's a wildly inconsistent person. It's almost like something was wrong with his brain. I don't know. <laughs> who, who can say? Who can say? You know, I'm not a diagnostician. <laughs> Hitler's war effort began to fall apart. The Germans suffered defeat after defeat, and Hitler's only military strategy became screaming at his generals to hold out. As a leader, he became more and more withdrawn and began living in a series of bunkers. His public appearances became limited, and he spent most of his days standing over his map tables. He became a complete hypochondriac. He obsessed over his vitals and took a shitload of various medications that were prescribed to him by his physician, Theodore Morell. And if you're interested in learning more about this mad scientist doctor, we did one of our free hangover episodes about him, which are normally featured on our Patreon. Yeah, and he gave him strychnine and meth, and all sorts of crazy shit. So go check that out if you want to hear the full details, like Greg said. Yeah. Anyway, Hitler's left arm shook violently. He needed glasses. He stood with stooped posture and had to walk with a cane. To this day, it's still unclear whether these ailments were because of Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, Dr. Morell's wacky fun-time poison medicines, or if it was all created by Hitler's own hysteria. I'm going to lean towards hysteria, because he was such a hysterical little bitch. I'm going to take the grab bag. <laughs> Just kind of. Yeah. 
It, but he was also, he, he was so starved for attention. Like, ugh, I know things are going bad for Germany right now, but guys, I need a cane to walk around. Look at me. Look how hard this is on old Hitler. Poor old Hitler, right, guys? <laughs> oh, you can't be mad at me because we're losing the war now because I need a cane. <laughs> I feel like the book almost kind of put it in that regard, too. The book does make him feel like a, a feeble old man. They even called him Old Man Hitler. He's like 55. No, but I mean the book, I feel like maybe pointed towards him, like maybe just being kind of an actor, like just buying into his own shit. Yeah, you're right. The The book, uh, I, I do feel like it simultaneously called him Old Man Hitler, but at the same time, it, it did say like a lot of his ailments were just hysteria. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're like, okay, you, you can't handle this shit, so now you're going to, you know need glasses and just start to shake and they do allude to later like he'd take medicine or he would go off the medicine even and all of his symptoms would stop like okay you fucking just hypochondriac munchausen by proxy motherfucker uh-huh. but his own proxy ah uh, sorry it's just regular munchausen's i don't know where it's greg i'm not a doctor hypochondria. we already said it <laughs> well around this time more and more of his own men begin to plot assassination attempts against him these are probably something that could be a topic of an entire episode, so we won't go too in-depth. But Hitler became even more paranoid and was always surrounded by bodyguards and had all of his food tested before he would eat it. Same. I know what my wife is up to. She doesn't fool me. <laughs> As for the war, Germany's situation continued to deteriorate. The Soviets pushed from the east, and in June of 1944... The Americans landed in France and began to march from the West. Hitler had, and I can't stress this enough, no strategy. (laughs) He simply ordered his forces to hold their ground, but they lost so quickly he couldn't even invoke a scorched earth strategy. The failures and stress caused his ailments to worsen. In August of 1944, he developed constant migraines. In September, he became jaundiced and suffered a heart attack. That December, And the next January, 1945, he launched his last gasp effort, which was an offensive in the Ardennes Forest against the advancing American forces. And my favorite episodes of Band of Brothers. Oh, they're good. Oh, they're so good. They're so good, yeah. This last gasp effort was costly for the Americans, but it was ultimately a failure and a massive one for the Germans. For all intents and purposes, Hitler's hopes for anything but total defeat were dashed completely. Yeah, and maybe someday we'll do an episode on the American involvement in World War II or just Battle of the Bulge in particular, which is what this is. It didn't matter what happened there. Hitler, it was his last gasp, like you said. It He was done anyway. It didn't, it didn't matter. Even if the yeah. Americans lost there, yeah. they had another like five million guys they could just send over and attack on a different front. Honestly, so if the Americans lose here, and for whatever fucking weird reason, they're just like, we're out of the war. Hitler's still losing this war at this point. Yeah, Russia's still coming. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And even then, like you said, even if every single member of the American army, the paratroopers, all that get wiped out in the Ardennes, Patton is still coming up. Patton is still going to show up with all his fucking tanks and just wreck the shit out of everything. So it, it, it but Yeah, it, I mean, I'm just saying if you completely took America out, he still yeah. loses. Yeah, so absolutely. for anybody that's played Risk... Just imagine you're playing with somebody, and they're on a lot of uppers, and they're <laughs> and a really angry person. 
This and, is how I play Risk all the time. And this the only thing way about I can get Risk through a fucking is, game, you know. Yeah, you can keep attacking and taking territories, but you have to leave behind one unit in every territory. So you don't want to overextend yourself because you'll lose the war of attrition. That's exactly what Hitler did. Like so at this point, yeah, he's got a lot of territory, but he is completely fucked and it doesn't matter what side it comes from, he's done. Yeah. Right? At at this point in the war all is happening is America and the Soviet Union are deciding who gets what. Right. That's basically what's happening here. So that makes sense for risk players. For non-risk players, rewind actual time 30 seconds and then fast forward this podcast 30 seconds and you wouldn't have to listen to any of that. Anyway. I'm playing a game of risk right now, so I'm barely paying attention to you. Oh, I play it every Friday night at the truck stop. It's always a risk because (laughs) protection's off the table. (laughs) You don't leave anything behind. Well, somebody drew swastikas all over the uh, little condom dispensing machine in the bathroom, so they stopped filling it. Uh, that makes sense. So, yeah. Can't support that. Kind of yeah. We kind of have to. <laughs> in late April of 1945, Hitler had moved into a bunker in Berlin, which itself was completely surrounded by Allied forces. On the 29th of April, he called a meeting where he learned that his top general, Heinrich Himmler, had contacted the Western forces to negotiate a possible surrender. He decided it was time to take his own life. No, say it isn't so, Hitler, said no one, ever. Not even Hitler. He was all for it. (laughs) That night, he wed his longtime girlfriend, Ava Braun, in a dingy-ass room in his bunker. Aww. The following morning, he was given a poison capsule. To ensure it worked quickly, he had his dog poisoned and killed with it. All right, that's it. Don't like this guy. That's it. Final straw. (laughs) Piece of shit. That fucking does it. (laughs) Killed his dog. Well, apparently he didn't like the way his poor, sweet, innocent puppy died. Because just before 4 p.m. on April 30th, Hitler blew his stupid racist brains out with a revolver. Ava Braun took the poison. Like a bitch. See, it's a female dog joke, Greg. It's not offensive if it's it's relating back to the, the dog. Right? The dog was female. Yeah! Nailed it! Hit the alarm, wolf dick! That afternoon, Hitler's body was doused in gasoline and set ablaze. High West Campfire, baby! <laughs> I like that you started that sentence with a laugh. You're like, that afternoon, Hitler's body was doused in gas and <laughs> set on fire. Stupid thing that you said. <laughs> <laughs> His remains were hastily tossed into a crater caused by Russian artillery. The man who had dreamed of being an eternal German hero and being entombed in a glorious crypt in Linz, Austria, had been burnt to a crisp and swept into a shallow hole. Good fucking riddance. And end of story. Woo! We did it. We did it. And we still have lots of World War II shit to talk about to get all the kids excited. We'll do that some other time. But right now, Greg, you know what time it is? I believe that it's time for... Fast Facts. Fast Fact! Number one. Although they would become allies, Benito Mussolini originally viewed Hitler as a clown, in his own words, and in the 1930s offered to go to war with Germany on Austria's behalf just to get rid of Hitler. Fast fact. Number two. 
Hitler was obsessed with his image and was terrified of being seen in anything but the most serious of lights. He wouldn't get in a rowboat or on a horse because he thought it would look ridiculous. He hid every emotion but seriousness and anger, and he refused to allow his personal writings to be saved. Fast fact number three Hitler's sweetheart, Ava Braun, hated his fucking guts. He refused to let her dance or smoke cigarettes, which is all the girls wanted to do. And there is good evidence that he had to pay her for her company, which is all the girls do now. My wife. Man, yeah, my personal experience. Her presence in Hitler's suicide bunker was not even her idea. She had been forced to move in with him. Fast facts. Number four. Toward the end of his days, it is alleged that Hitler's generals didn't give him accurate battlefield information. They just let him move imaginary troops around his battle maps and reassured him that their super-duper secret war weapons were ready to win the fight. He became a sad, diseased man playing a shitty version of the game of Risk. All right, Greg, uh, before we go, I have a thought exercise for you, if you will. It's something that came up here in the last year or so. You're a time traveler. You have the opportunity to go back in time. Do you kill baby Hitler? Yes or no? No. No! That's actually surprising. I thought we were going to be on the same page. Well, I mean... That's actually surprising. I don't have my answer yet. Let's hear what you have to say. <laughs> no, I would nurse him. With your own bosom. Bosom? Yes. <laughs> and it wouldn't work, obviously. People would see me. Mm -hmm. They would arrest me. Mm -hmm. And listen, this is saving the world, right? Yeah. That's the mission absolutely. I'm on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be arrested. <laughs> That's you're gonna take take one for the team. That's just the that's the end of it, you know. But I feel like his mom pays more attention to his upbringing, nurtures him more, gives him what mm. he needs. Maybe his dad doesn't have a stroke and die at the fucking bar before he gets right, kicked right. out of uh, Real Shula. Maybe they nurture what is good about. Him. I, I can't say good. No, I would kill. I would kill the baby. <laughs> I would kill yes! Baby. Yes! But it would be after I breastfed it. <laughs> what about you? Well, I didn't think... I'm, I'm not going to breastfeed baby Hitler. I'm just going to put that on record right now. Just put that into the podcast. Uh, no, yeah, I would kill baby Hitler in a fucking heartbeat. You know, maybe I'm a fucking psychopath. And the thing about this argument, I've heard people... Uh, specifically, maybe one specific conservative asshole we talked about in the last episode say, you don't kill baby Hitler, you take baby Hitler to another house and you raise him and he's better and he doesn't kill anybody. And it's like, okay, fuck off. His parents did an okay job. What happened to Hitler is he went to World War One. he saw a bunch of shit that fucked him up, he was already anti-Semitic, and then he comes back and the entire Germany is disillusioned and he's the, the wrong guy in the wrong place. If I kill Hitler, there's probably not another Hitler. It, it it probably just doesn't happen. And I, that's everybody's argument against it. You don't kill baby Hitler. You, you, you teach him to be better. Like, well, he's still going to go to World War One. He's still going to learn all this fucked if, up if shit. If I wasn't drinking and, like, making jokes, I would honestly say that it, I don't think it matters. I think there is another Hitler. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't... 
I don't think there is. Oh. And if there's not, then it's Stalin, and Stalin marches through fucking Europe. I just, I felt like it was primed. Even when General Foch said from the French army, this is not a treaty, it's a 20-year armistice. And it was almost exactly right. Because it fucked Germany so bad, you couple that with the Great Depression that happened around the world, and it was ripe. Somebody was going to take power for this country that was struggling so bad. And was it going to be somebody that aspired to so much as Hitler? Maybe not, but look at what was going on in the East with Stalin. Yeah, I just felt like World War II was just a powder keg. It was bound to happen, no matter who it was. Maybe it's better or maybe not. Maybe it's worse, but yeah, I think it was bound to happen. That's a good point, yeah. It's kind of like all the historians say about World War I. If uh, Gavrilo Princip doesn't kill Archduke Ferdinand, there's probably still still a World War I. Oh, World War I was bound to happen. It was a powder keg, too. Gabrielo Princep just happened to be the the fucking dude that shot a, a random archduke, and it, it didn't matter. Something was going to happen. And, and you're right. Maybe Hitler's the same guy. You know, you don't have the same thing happen, but there's still going to be this massive conflict because there's a bunch of all these imperial powers they are going to conflict on the way they see the world. So, yeah. But I still want to kill that baby. Oh, no. Just tell me where... If you guys got any uh, just anonymous babies... (laughs) No, you can't say that. (laughs) Welp, see you later. All right. (laughs) Whoop, 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 whoop. Before we leave, Christopher, tell them about the contest. All right, Gregory. This month, October... Uh, this episode's dropping on October 1st. Between now and the end of the month, anyone who goes to iTunes and leaves us a review and sends us a DM on our Instagram or just an email at hunterproofhistory at gmail.com with proof, you know, a picture of them leaving that review will be entered into a contest to win a very cool picture. It is a picture of the JFK motorcade autographed by Clint Hill who was the Secret Service agent who dove on top of Jackie O and protected her all the way to Parkland Hospital after the shooting. Very cool dude. Very cool picture. And uh, we'll give that away to, to a listener. And, of course, our Patreon listeners get bonus entries. So if you want to hear some extra episodes, hear the old episodes, and get bonus chances to win this awesome autograph picture, subscribe to our Patreon. And, you know, I don't want to start any rumors. But, you know, he dove on her to protect her after the shooting. Mm -hmm. I've heard. I don't know. Maybe you have, too. That he he dove on her for years to come. (laughs) I don't want to start any salacious rumors. I'm just saying. Yep. So. You could have an autographed picture from a guy who may or may not, we're not saying definitively either way. Fuck the president's wife. Yes. Yes. And not saying he did, but could have had a hand in JFK's death. Maybe. To get to Who his knows? mistress. I don't know. Do you yeah. know? I don't know. I mean, if you ignore that whole episode we did on explaining how it was straightforward and Lee Harvey Oswald did everything, yes. Yes, it was probably Clint Hill that did it. You never know. You could have an autograph from the killer of JFK. It's exciting shit. I hope you have a lovely evening, listener. And review us on iTunes. Goodbye. Bye.
that's delicious. That is fantastic. That doesn't have to be on the show. That's just fucking. I was gonna say nobody cares. Tastes like that trucker semen. Well, it wasn't his birthday. It was assassination day, but November. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. The birthday of yeah. his death. <laughs> when it comes to copyright infringement, no means yes, and yes means anal. <laughs>